0: Gaming and BS Episode 08, Fresh Blood into RPGs. Welcome to episode eight of Gaming and BS. Getting someone into RPGs is the topic of the episode. I'm your one of your co-hosts, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. I'm back from the great white north and nearly devoured by wolves, but I made it. I'm back.
0: So, uh, yeah, how'd it go? Did you you bag one up there? I did
1: not. I did not get a deer. This kind of jumps into uh, our little die roll later. I did not get a deer, but I had a pack of eight timber wolves, believe it or not. Eight of them come within 50 yards of me and i hunt on the ground with a longbow so when you have five arrows in a longbow and there's eight wolves 50 yards away you're thinking you know the the odds are not in my favor this is not and being a D geek i'm sitting there thinking boy this is my, my my character would be totally tougher than me right now because i'm shaking this is kind of weird the roll, chances are we'll roll for sneak <laughs> exactly. The wind was perfect, and I was. they had no clue I was there. It was awesome. I mean, Washington come in, take a drink out of this little puddle in the swamp area I was hunting, and then they roll up on the hill just across from me, and then somebody picks a fight with another one, two of them brawl for a little bit, and then they pack up and leave. It was how, crazy.
0: How far away were they from you?
1: 50 yards, tops. I paced it off. <laughs> they were really close. Jeez.
0: I'm surprised they didn't, uh, sp- I, like I mentioned on – Ooh, plus, I'm surprised they didn't smell you. you I up, think it was the I. You upwind.
1: I was upwind. I was um, well, not upwind. I was downwind from them, right? So mm-hmm. they're upwind from me. The wind's coming at them in my face, and I'm a deer hunter, right? So I've got like deer scent out. I have scent killer um, stuff sprayed on my clothes to help minimize my human scent, and I'm on the ground behind this stuff, so I'm not moving much. I'm in full camo, and they're just not paying any attention to me. They're cruising through, heading to wherever it is that they're heading to. So it, you know, I don't, wolves don't normally attack people. Um, However, hunters have this tendency because we're quiet and sneaky in the woods where we surprise predators, which is when you usually get your ass kicked by a bear or wolves or a mountain lion or something like that is because you're sneaking along and the predator goes, ah, shit, what's that? Right. And apex predators don't have a lot of flight mechanism when they're surprised. You know, they tend to fight first and then squabble and figure it out, you know, so I texted my wife and uh, she was, she was a lot more scared for me than I was. It was pretty, I was shaken, like, but, in, but like cool, awesome. And you're a little nervous all at the same time. Handle. It's like watch, it's like watching a zombie movie, right? And you're hiding in the closet and the, the music's right. And you feel yourself holding your breath while the guy's in the closet and he's sweating. And that's what it felt like for 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> Handle animal, man. You should have, you should have tried to befriend, befriend, eh, befriend, befriend. one of them. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I left my animal friendship ring at home, so I was completely screwed. Yeah, it was fun, though. It was really, really cool. I've never, I've been in the woods uh, most of my life. I've hunted and stuff, and I've never, I've seen wolves before on that side of the road running, you know, um, in the distance. But I've never been in the woods, on the ground, and had a pack of eight of them. Come by me. And I honestly have never met anybody else who has apart from, you know, like a nature photographer. Most people don't run into that many of them at once. So it was once in a lifetime. It was really, really cool.
0: Weren't they having like, an issue up there some time ago, Brett? Weren't they killing off a lot of the wildlife nah. or something? Weren't they? Okay.
1: What happens is a lot of the – there's a number – the area I'm hunting, there's a lot of people that are – of course, they're blaming the wolves for – they're slaughtering all the deer. Oh, my God, there's no partridge because of this. And, oh, it's a goddamn wolves wrecking the whole – Well, let's see. They have increased logging, so they've completely (laughs) changed the landscape in these massive parcels where they've done some clear-cutting and replanting. they put in some new roads. They've changed uh, some of the wetlands. They've improved a lot of different things. Wolves have moved in, you know, but I, my father and I shoot deer up there regularly every year during gun season. I'm going back up later this month in November here to try to get one. I see deer. I saw eight, ten of them. There's nothing within bow range. Um so it's one of those things where much like here in Wisconsin where people just get freaked out about them and they make a bad assumption that they kill a deer every day, they slaughter this, they slaughter that. Yeah, you know, I'm not a rancher, right? So I don't have cattle or sheep, excuse me, that I'm worried about, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as what people say. Because again, I'm going from my firsthand experience, I still see bucks and those foxes, partridge, all sorts of critters every year in the woods ever since there's been wolves up there. So I'm, I have seen no problem with it.
0: Did you hear, did you hear about Howard and his? No, I did not. I got to talk to him when I to get back to the office. Tomorrow. So there's a guy that we work <laughs> with and uh, he, I walked in one day and it was after you saw the wolves and he's like, oh, check this out. And three guys going to get coffee. And I think like a block down from Howard's house, there were two bucks uh, entwined, entangled with each other Eesh. and they couldn't, they couldn't get separated. Yeah. And I think one one died somehow. I don't know if one killed the other, and they were still. And then the other one was trying to get free and got so tired, it just down on the ground in the middle of the street. And so they they called the cops, and then they called another guy. And then one guy sawed one off. One was like an eight pointer. One was a ten pointer. But and they all got it on video. So this guy's kind of you know trying to reach a little bit out and saw this antler off so that yeah because you get too close that'll go
1: right through your ribs
0: yeah right so he <laughs> wow. finally gets through and the, the and they got a, like a blanket over one and then finally gets through it and then he finally gets up and then runs away and goes off with his blanket one of the guys is like hey what about my blanket it's a blanket, dude. Yeah, he's being facetious, but it was really I mean, he's like, yeah, Brett's out there sitting in the woods for three days, doesn't see anything, can't bag one. I've got two down the street for me that just walk up and like slump down into the middle of the street being all tired.
1: Yeah, I'm going to catch hell from him with that story on Monday. But that's cool. That's usually when when animals elk or anything, when the males get the horns and stuff, they usually and one of them ends up dying just from raw exhaustion. They can't eat. They can't do anything they're constantly struggling and fighting and fighting and they just are a heart attack you know it's that type of thing it's just an exhaustion it's worn mm-hmm. down they can't they just can't go on
0: all right let's so let's i'm sure everybody tuned into us to hear about deer hunting stories <laughs> and the great weight the great wheat north in a dirty bucker a dirty point <clears throat> bucker up there
1: yeah though the, the wolves were freaking cool though man i mean that's to see, just to see that was so awesome. Anyway, all right, I'm done. I'm done bragging now.
0: Shut up. Off we go. All right. So announcements. I don't have vote, 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 vote. I'm yes, voting, voting for you know the upcoming national vote.
1: Well, we've got stuff coming. Let's see. It's November. That would be election season. If you live in Wisconsin, you've been inundated. With all the different votes for governor and various other things, I just want people to get off their ass, go out and vote. I don't, you know, vote your conscience, do what you think is right, but do it. So that way, when I see you next time and you bitch and moan about something, I can say, did you vote? And you said, yes. And I can say, aha, you have earned the right to bitch and complain.
0: Oh, I see. I thought you were talking about voting on our poll, which is we have a poll on the website and we have a poll on Google+. And they're both – I should probably update those. They've been out there long enough. But it's how you got into gaming, and, and I think I mentioned that in a previous episode. So I thought that's what you were talking about is vote there.
1: Well, we do need to do that too. And that <clears> – <throat> good segue, Sean, because what we want to do is we want to change the uh, – I think we should change up the poll – Gotta come up with a little something else. Like what to put out there? I don't know. Something genre, you know. System favorite system. Do you roll in the open? Do you roll behind your screen? Stuff like that. Yeah, we've got we've got good we've got some stuff to put out there. We need to collect to, this data. We gotta
0: mine it. I know
1: it's all metadata. We can mine this stuff, and then sell it and make huge amounts of money. That's right. It'd be our, awesome. Our five or six votes, we could we
0: could leverage that somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: I mean I got that call from Watsy the other day, just like you did, saying, Hey, Sean, Brett, I need that I need that data again. Right. So we can so we can fine-tune our ad campaign.
0: Right. We get this all the time. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. They just won't leave us alone. We just want a podcast, all right? That's all we want to do. Man, the pressure. All right, random encounter. Uh messages. I didn't see any emails. I didn't see any voicemails. So email nbs at gmail.com if you've got something that you want us to discuss or correct us on because God knows we're not perfect. G Plus community, Twitter, and on Facebook now, facebook.com forward slash gaming and BS. Um, leave us an iTunes review if you'd be so gracious. Um, Twitter at GamingNBS. And, and then the hotline, which is – Brett, you want to give him the hotline?
1: Oh, you do it. You do it.
0: Nine-two-nine nine, nine,
1: big dice. Exactly. Uh, one of the cool things, actually, if you if you wouldn't mind um, kind of pimping, talking to us a little bit here, is uh, Sean got that really cool interview with Alex from Game Hole. And I'm curious to see what folks have to uh, – what they think about the interview format. Did they like that type of thing? Is that anything that that's interesting or not? Or was that one of those – Types of podcast run. Oh, great. They're talking to somebody. I don't care. And he moved on. I don't, don't know. I'm just kind of curious how that went. I was I was intrigued. I wasn't here. So I was curious what Alex had to say. I'm going to game hole. I want to see what he had to say and how he had it set up. But I'm interested to see what other folks think.
0: Let's face it. Brett just wanted to find out how I could roll solo. I didn't think it, I didn't think he could do it. I, th- I didn't think you could pull it off, man.
1: Now without me holding your hand, Jesus,
0: (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah, let us know because I, I, it was my first kind of, I, I, prior to gaming and BS, had a podcast, did about four episodes, and had different guests on, and kind of did an interview format or talked about a particular topic with the guest. But this was like one of the first interviews in the gaming side of things, and I'd be interested to hear your feedback—good, bad, or ugly—for sure. Um, I know one thing I wanted to do was talk a little bit about game hole, but also about cons. And I know that it was really heavy on the game hole side of things, but, uh, Alex is kind of a a unique guy with his collection too. I was hoping to get that across, but hopefully it was somewhat entertaining, but let us know if you'd like to see some more of that or less of that, or maybe we need to ask more questions or put them on the hot seat. Think, you know, Hey, you voted this way last year. What do you think of the upcoming elections and why? I don't know. What do you think about the NSA spying, you traitorous pig?
1: <laughs> Stuff like that, yeah. Our, our our overtly covert political agendas will be rammed down everyone's throat.
0: Yeah, that's the only, that's the only reason I'm doing this is to totally <laughs> subliminally slip that in. And
1: yeah, as you notice, mine was vote. So I'm like super liminal. I'm not even subliminal. I'm super liminal. That's right. Just yelling is yelling at you, telling you what to do.
0: Anyway, so get <clears> – oh. <throat> I'm drinking tea and i have kind of in the back of my throat. <coughs> oh, Oh my gosh. See
1: this, this is what I'm talking about. People without me here to help him. I, I, he could have died right there. He could have just keeled over. I'm a mess.
0: Main topic of discussion, new gamers, new gamers, noobs. So, um, this is something you and I, uh, I know I brought up quite a while ago and we want to cover as a, you know, well, let's start out with how we got in the hobby. Now, we, we mentioned this early on to give people kind of a feeling of our credentials, but Brett, how did – now, you got in through – I can't remember. A, a buddy
1: of mine, my friend Todd yeah. Thompson, he and his older brother uh, back when I was in third grade. Hey, Todd. Um, yep, went over to their place uh, for a sleepover hangout, birthday, I think it was, or something, and uh, Todd's like, oh, we should play D&D. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is, and we sat down, and Terry had us whip up some – High level characters with insane statistics. I wanted to be a knight, so I got to be a paladin. And you know, he was uh, a <clears throat> super high level magic user, and we just went through and kicked the crap out of a bunch of big monsters. We fought like Demogorgon and Orcus, and just oh and, yeah, and always and we always won because we were you know we were amazing. Right? Was
0: but that was, was uh, that first edition?
1: Yes, it was first first edition AD and D.
0: And then how old were you?
1: Third grade, so eight nine.
0: Third grade, eight or nine, and your parents yeah. let you.
1: What kind, yeah. of, what kind of
0: parents do you have? Awesome parents. Awesome parents. Great. Yeah, I got started when I was 13, much later in life than Brett.
1: Yeah, his his cred is not nearly as good as mine. I'm just going to say that right now. My pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> He's just not old school enough for me. I don't
0: know. Start anyway, of, no. First edition ADD is to me as, as well. Actually, given our age difference, which isn't too much, we might have started almost around the same time. Probably a year difference. Yep. Um, yeah, I was at in middle school and had some buddies I grew up with. They were all older, and they played D&D and said, hey, we're going to play D&D for this club. Let's start this club. And it was through, the, through school, and then obviously, the, whatever reason, either the semester ended and they didn't continue the club thing or whatever it was, and then we, I, my buddies and I just played D&D over the summer and forever, ever on and on, and then there was a break. But I think, even with this topic, one thing I wanna kind of put out there too, Brett, is not only getting new people that have never ever role played but maybe mm-hmm. people that role played when we when they were younger, like we did, you know, maybe they got up to like twenty, maybe they stopped when they were sixteen, eighteen, um found different areas of interest
1: well, I mean, look at what Alex said to you during the interview yeah. last week, right? he played a lot. In college. And then it was a long time afterwards where he's hanging out with new friends and they're kind of kibitzing about the good old days when they always to role play. Hey, you did this. I did that too. And next thing they know, they're like, yeah, we should, we should do that again. So that, that happens. You know, you're going to run into people. I run into people now, people you and I work with and every job I've had. Oh yeah, I used to do that. That was a lot of fun. Oh, I wish I had time, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's really it's it's great, and I want to get. And so I, I guess, touching on that is even if somebody hasn't game for quite some time, and I'm talking like five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, trying to get them back into the hobby. Because I think I think there's an everybody that I speak to that are like that, and in that position, I, they have a glow in their eye when they talk about those old days of gaming. And they just kind of said, you know, I I can't do it, or I don't have time, or I've got other commitments and responsibilities, maybe their family or, or job or career. Um, but yeah, they talk about it in quite, you know, quite the, uh, the font with the quite fondness, quite fondness, <laughs> quite the fondness.
1: Wow. Well, uh, I think if, if we talk about, let's, let's start with like new, new, new players, right? Right. So like my kids, first off, my kids are it's easy for them because they come into my little home office. They see all these books and dice and maps and miniatures and what's this? Oh, I want to do that thing Dad does.
0: So that yeah. that's easy, right? You're, car- you're carrying the banner, <laughs> exactly. Woo, it's easy. That's game. Come on, kids. Exactly. Oh, I don't exactly. want a game. Oh no, you're gonna sit down and roll some dice, and you're gonna like God it.
1: Dear, damn it! You won't eat your <laughs> breakfast till you get this. <laughs> okay, Done. here's
0: the deal: it's Brussels <laughs> sprouts or an encounter.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, when I went to uh, this last weekend, I was up at. Not this weekend. Well, the interview—the uh, weekend you did your interview—I was up in uh, Warsaw on my way up to go deer hunting. I'd stopped there to game with my group.
0: Not to be and mistaken also, for Warsaw, Poland.
1: No, exactly. Well, yeah, maybe. Very similar. Anyway, point is, is I uh, ran not only for my my normal group that evening, our, our monthly game, but during the day on that Saturday, uh, week ago last that week ago yesterday, we had um, I, I ran a big game with my son uh Connor, my oldest boy, and the uh the high school group that i've run for before the uh, evercon guys their little uh their little gaming club and a number of these kids have never really role played before they've done a little bit of this a little bit of that they're interested in it, but they really didn't know they don't know how to dm they don't know really how to they don't know the rules really well they don't want to be berated because they don't know the rules they want to figure out this thing it's really cool the Adults in the club, the older kids get it, and it looks like a lot of fun, but they just they don't know where to start. So when I come in, I've done this a couple times for them. I'm just like, look, here's... I pre the characters. It's really simple. I don't care if you don't know the rules. I got this for you. Just show up and uh, pick the type of thing you want to play out of this list, and off we'll go. And I have everything taken care of. I bring dice. I bring extra pencils. The, the kids show up without pencils, without scratch paper, without anything, because they don't know what they're supposed to bring, or they forgot. or They don't even own dice because they're not... They haven't done this before. Right. So, you know, coming with that. But again, though, that's an environment where the kids want to do it. They're there. They're seeking you out. I don't think um, I've not been in a place where I've had to, like, go out and recruit people. You know, it's kind of either at work or at school. When I was in uh, grade school, high school and college. You talk to people. Talk about things you like or whatever it is, and says, "Oh, I've done that before. You too? Do you play now? No, we should get together and play." And then you kind of work it, and somebody will say, "I've heard about that. I've never done it before." Hey, come on over. I'm going to play on Friday. You want to try it? It'd be great. So you just try to try to you know the pitch, right? Try to get someone um, take it from that budding interest when they already come up to you, start talking, and then just kind of hook them and drag them in a little bit further.
0: All right. So going into the pitch because that's one of the things that we've got that we want to talk about is when you come across either the noob that's going to be different than somebody that's played in the past. Cause that's going to be much easier. Like, Oh dude, it totally changed things from first edition AD and D maybe it's easier to grok or the, the rules aren't as crunchy. You need to really come and play. And I don't think it takes a lot of persuading or pitching in that respect. But what do you, how do you talk to somebody? Cause you've met, well, I know you've gamed with some of the new kids, but uh-huh. how do you, so if you ran into somebody on the street, you and I, and they were saying, What are we going to do next weekend? And we say, We're going to go to game hole. And they say, What's that? And we explain it to them. And then it's like, well, it's role playing games. And they go, I don't know what what's that all about. What do you how do you pitch that? And and it's somebody you know and, and you may want to actually like pull game the pull them in, yeah. I think um
1: one thing I wanna we can talk about this in a minute, but one of the pieces when you get that older gamer who hasn't gamed for a long time, one of the things right. I've found is that there's usually, and I'm going to generalize, I usually find two reasons why they don't game anymore. The group broke up, time commitment issue. They don't can't make it, don't have a group anymore, didn't know anybody, didn't know how to find them. The second one is they had a really, really shitty time. Mm. Something about it annoyed them. Someone was always hitting on them. They didn't like this. They thought the rules were convoluted or crummy and it was boring, blah, blah, blah. So you have the people who used to do it and have horrible memories, or that's the one memory that's stuck in them. And that's one of the reasons why they don't play anymore. Now to take somebody like, hey, what do you? What's this thing about? Um, one of my standbys now is I I say, well, what kind of what kind of movies do you like? You like, well, have you seen the Avengers? Oh yeah, I like that. Have you seen the new Hobbit movies? Have you seen Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I saw those. Those are pretty cool. Well, it's kind of from the character's point of view. You make you make these um, you you know build up stats. Have you ever played World of Warcraft? of the computer games? Oh yeah, I know what that is. So I try to pick something that I know that they're most likely have touched on or I've heard or seen before and then start the discussion from there. Computer games and the even Sims, and we've talked about this before, that, that connection to, I do I want to say this? Role-playing is more common now, RPG games of some kind. If you play Clash of Clans, you have a concept of what it's like to do some kind of gaming, right? as goofy as that is or even farmville or something you're building something you're creating a thing and then you're competing with other people or against monsters or the computer's fighting you or whatever the case may be so you use those pieces that you're pretty sure that they've got a common ground with or at least a vague understanding and then build on that saying it's similar to that except you do x instead of y oh okay that does sound interesting oh i could kind of like to do that so that's how i've always approached it what have you done Nothing.
0: I haven't. Nothing.
1: (laughs) Slacker. (laughs) Sean wants this. Sean wants this hobby to die. He's a
0: terrible man. I'm a mess. Well, I think it's an important. I think I think it's important. um, And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because I think there's this. I mean, our hobby isn't getting any, any young, any younger. Um, there's a lot of grognards and there's a lot of different types of medium that kids can turn to nowadays that may not s- stimulate them as much as as what, they, what they're what they currently doing. For example, if they're playing video games and you sat down with them and said, hey, I got this cooler game. Let's go and sit down. And you're like, OK, everybody grab a pencil and paper. And they're like, what? You know.
1: Well, I think that's where the first time through is if you're going to run it. You take care of all of that. Right. You do all the legwork and you do all the thing. And the other thing I've done in the past, like with my, my kids and other younger people I've, I've worked with or whatever, I just, this isn't going to replace your other hobby. Right. You love World of Warcraft. You love whatever it is online. I don't care. Great. You can still have that. But if you want to hang out with us tonight, this is what we're going to do. Yeah. You can always do that other thing. It doesn't replace another love. It doesn't replace another hobby or another form of entertainment. It's just um, – it's a supplement to that stuff. It's right. a, in a similar vein.
0: So I would say that I haven't, I haven't broached the the new n- person that has not never played before. So one of the th- people that are probably the, one is one of the people that is probably the closest to me that has never played <laughs> would be my wife, but I don't think she really has an interest in playing role-playing games. Now, I think I could probably try to convince her as long as I had, like you said, as long as it was something relatable. So, you know, she likes um, Star Trek, so like the Next Generation series a lot. You know, if I said, hey, what if we played a Star Trek The Next Generation series and we invited... People that she was very comfortable around and also had an interest in either RPGs or Star Trek, then it might take off. Like, so, for example, I'm running Savage Ghostbusters for Game Hole, And I said, hey, I need some help with some stuff. Throw out some ideas, you know, whatever. Nothing. It doesn't. Anything goes. And I was talking to her about some of the people I wanted to bring up. And she's like, oh, that's good. Oh, I would even play. You know, if, if it were, if, I, if it was that character or something along those lines. So something, um, because I think with her, it's Dungeons and Dragons and that I don't think interests her, even though she's kind of, she liked the Lord of the Rings movie trilogy, mm-hmm. but there's other areas that I think I would have to pique her interest in. So I haven't really done a lot of it from the, the short of it. I haven't recruited anybody that's never, ever played before. At least I can't, uh eh, nope. um my buddy steve did he which you know he was one of the guys that um hadn't played for years and years and years played second edition i think growing up um and recently now he's running a star wars by fantasy flight games um campaign. And like two of the people have never, ever played RPGs before. And he hasn't played in like 15, 20 years, which is, which is funny. So it's really a really new, new group all the way around. And I said, wow, that's really interesting. And he's like, yeah, I pitched it to a buddy of mine and he's a big Star Wars nut. I'm like, oh, he'll play. And I think he may or may not have played RPGs in the day. So he's not completely foreign to the concept. And then when he pitched it, his buddy wasn't interested, but his girlfriend or wife was. Like, oh, that sounds really kinda cool. I would you know, if he's not gonna play, I'll play. And so then he gets her into it and she's never played any RPGs. So it's funny how these kind of things and you know, I've got some people that are big board gamers, and I could maybe leverage that a little bit, but um so that's that's my experience with having some try to recruit somebody that has no RPG background and it's pretty limited.
1: Well, I think the key though is if somebody approaches you or you talk you're talking and it comes up <clears throat> I mean no, nobody's walking around the street with a flyer saying please join our D&D group right that doesn't happen there's no cold calling you know to say hey have you come to a and d game lately you know that's, that doesn't happen
0: that would be that would it. be that would be really cool to do just as like a show just to like dial get a bunch just of numbers and dial. And like hey I'm Sean I'm a dungeon master and I'm looking for new players and I was wondering if you'd be interested in joining my campaign
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Who the hell is this?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you find something – the pitch has to be something that someone's interested in. Um, so then you, if you have um, a bunch of different RPG systems or worlds or whatever it is, and someone goes, well, you know, I really like – um play a lot of World of Warcraft. I kind of like that D&D thing. Sounds cool. Easy sell. Um, well, I really like Star Trek. Well, Brett doesn't have a lot of sci-fi games. Well, you know, there's stuff out there. I've got, I've got GURPS. I've got this. Yeah, I could – you could do something, but you have to then, if they want to try it and they've never done it, assume that they're going to come with themselves, maybe a snack and a two liter of soda, and that's it. The character sheets are yours to build. The characters are yours to build. You're going to supply the pencils, the dice, the miniatures, any of those things into basically you're hosting it, and they don't know what to come with. They don't know what to bring. And when they're there, they can go, wow, this is really cool. Can I buy my own dice? Because I don't want to have to keep borrowing yours. Yeah, sure. Go here. Go online. Go to Pegasus Games in Madison. You can grab this stuff. You can get your things. Um, But assume that you're going to have to do a lot of that work. And also, the other piece is that take into account the, uh, the individuals, right? If you've got a bunch of young kids, you should probably tone back or, you know, tune out some of the swearing right <laughs> if you're used to dropping a lot of f-bombs or whatever with your buddies and that's just how you guys game and that's fine um when you've got a bunch of 12 and 13 or even 8 and 9 year olds probably not a good idea so then they go home and tell mom and dad what happened on that <laughs> during so, that session not a
0: lot of fun so what if but, a, you know, a co-worker came up to you and says hey my kid hey he brett you i heard you play because this actually happened to my mom actually when i was growing up um in i think it might have come up with at her and her coworkers because I was starting to get into it and she didn't know much about it. And she obviously during the eighties, right. We all know what happened during the eighties. And, and if you don't, it's basically the big, you know, a lot of people freaked out about D and D and, uh, some kids didn't take it very well. And they, they ultimately killed themselves and they tied it to D and D, which is not, the case right that you usually have bigger issues if you're doing that it's not tied to a game but there was a DD scare at that time but anyways so somebody at work comes up to you and says hey brad i know that you play uh, DD role-playing games my kids are trying to get into it um what you know what do you say to them or what even what maturity level do you because you've got kids so you may see it differently than other people but if general right i guess it's up to the parents but i mean is there a good age level where it's good to get Kids into RPGs. For me, as soon as they um,
1: part of it for me is if the kids reading a book without pictures, that's usually a good sign. Um, you know, it, they don't have to read like um, the Hobbit or anything like that, but they have to be able to really listen. It's not incredibly cerebral, right? There's there's images, there's graphics, and there's miniatures and things and drawings you can do in a game, but if they read a lot of picture books, you know, if they're really, really young or certain kids, they just don't, they like to read um, certain things, or if they're not even into reading, it could be kind of hard because it's, it's a pretty reading intensive thing. If the kid doesn't like anything that's not computerized and like, look, I really want to get him off the damn Xbox and trying something else. Say, okay. um, What does he like? What kind of games does he play? Well, he plays a lot of Skyrim. Okay. I got you. I can totally do this. Don't worry. Um, If he plays a lot of Minecraft, Okay, I can figure that out. But again, you find out what that per, what the kid likes and say, well, try something like this. Um, the other thing is that the the kid has never done it, and um, do you then decide? Do you? I'll I'll run it for him. Sure, I can make time or whatever it is. You know, be cautious if you do that because you you may or may not know what you're getting into. Uh, but you can always offer to do it or. Say, hey, you know, let me go home. I'll come back with some stuff, give you some ideas. You know, here's a basic set of this. Here's a set of that. What kind of things is he or she like? Well, have her try this. I think this will be fun for Monster Hearts would be cool or this other game would be great. Um, But again, if you're tying it to something that they enjoy and that they're into, um, that'll help. Again, on the the age thing is that for me, if gaming is more cerebral and you have to be able to read a book without pictures, that's a big one for me. And if you're not, then I have to figure out how to draw you out of that, how to take you from, I must be entertained through a computer mechanism or I need more than just reading words on a page to get it. How can I help you do this? And I might tell the parent at that point, whomever it is, well, you're going to need to help them because it's... It's a lot like this. Don't assume that there's no computer component of this. There's no other this component of it. It's all in your head or little miniatures and drawings and stuff. If that's something you think they're not going to be interested in, you might want to wait until until later. Unless or you're going to have to do a lot of help or legwork to get them there. The last thing you want to do is tell somebody, "Oh, it's super easy." And um, I'm sure little Johnny and Susie will just love the hell out of this thing. And then they go, "Yeah." Um, they're not really good in math. They really – they don't like reading anything. They don't want to sit still for more than five seconds. Well, I guess this is not a good hobby for them to start right now. Yeah. It's good It's good to be honest about that.
0: What about D? Now, I don't have kids, so I admit that. So that's kind of my shortcoming with this. And you've got like 20. Five. Oh, 25. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 25. But um, – have you ever tried to run a game? So you run your, your own kids. Have you ever thought of running? Okay. Say one of your kids comes and says, Hey, I want Sally or Joe to come over and play with us too. Right. How do you handle that specifically different or do you just kind of take it in stride and say, Oh, okay, no problem. Have them come over. Or do you have to consider like, Hey, I got to talk to the parents about this. Cause this may be a big deal.
1: No one's actually, my kids have not asked to do that yet. A.J. has said, oh, my friend Danny might like this. So I said, well, if Danny wants to, I know his mom, and if he wants to come over and play with us. If I'm going to do something to entertain your kid um, when they come to my house, well, it's like, hey, A.J.'s bringing his friend Danny over, and I'm going to take Danny to the movies. I'm going to be, be telling Danny's mom and dad, we're going to see this movie. Is that okay? Because the last thing I want <laughs> is for Danny to go home and say, yeah, we went and saw you know the latest slasher murder movie, and... You know, I'd I'd never do that. I'm not that stupid, but you don't know what somebody's trigger is. And they might say, well, you know, I like to play, we're going to play a game. It's going to be kind of, to me, like a board game. And sometimes using the words Dungeons and Dragons freaks people out. Right. So you say, it's a role playing game. It's kind of like a Skyrim. Danny says he likes this type of game, like Minecraft. So I've got a game set up like that, and we're going to play. It's got dice and stuff. And then mom says, was it like Dungeons and Dragons? So, well, it's similar to that, but it's, you know, and it's not. It sounds like I'm lying, right? Like I'm trying to hide that, but right. I don't want to lead. I don't want to lead with the "We're playing a satanic game," even if that's it's not what it is. But I don't want that to be the first thing that the parent hears, and then they think, "Oh my God, Brett's this guy, and his kid is this way, and it causes schisms." But anyway, regardless,
0: yeah, they're the cult worshipping clan down the street. Exactly, I'm right. fine, that I'm fine with,
1: <laughs> but. Anyway, long way around is I'm, I'm going to talk to the parent because I'm going to be entertaining your child for hours in my home doing stuff, run, rolling dice, feeding them crappy food and soda while we while we play this game on a table. And if for some reason the parents don't want that, I need to respect it and say, OK, no, that's fine. We'll just play a regular board game. Do they, do they like risk? I've got risk. Oh, that'll be fine. They can do that. All right, then.
0: So I do think, having said that, I think there is ages on most of the RPG stuff, and I th- I wanted to say they're like th- thirteen is pretty standard. It could be. I don't remember. I know a lot of folks out there have started younger, and I know there's RPGs that are geared towards younger kids. But mm-hmm. I think D and D. I don't even know if actually I have my player's handbook right here. Take a look. What does it say? Um. Uh, and i don't i don't know they may have taken off the ages on some of the players handbook and this one i don't it doesn't say but i think on the first edition AD&D, i think if you flip it over on the back it says like ages 13 plus if i'm not mistaken but there isn't anything on here so maybe it's because of the uniqueness of the game it doesn't need to stipulate the ages i know um board games i don't even know if it's like a standard but anyways well, I know on my old uh, my old Hero Quest board game I have I think is like
1: ages seven and up or nine and up or something like that. So that's usually to me third grade is usually where the kids start reading books without pictures. Right. They start playing the video games. They start developing. They really like Star Wars. They have a lot of Legos. They like Minecraft. They like the Hobbit stuff. They like um, this other thing. They're watching. Uh, adventure Time cartoons, or they like this type of thing, or whatever it is. And that's when they start to really um, develop the interest in that, in the stuff that leads to RPGs. So it's usually a good age perspective. But again, to just to close the loop on that, if I'm going to be entertaining somebody else's kid who I don't know, and it's the first time they're going to play a game with me, I'm going to talk to the parents. Just like if I was going to say, hey, we're going to go to um, this water park, I'm gonna take Danny and Sally and Mary with us. Is that okay? And Danny, Sally, and Mary's parents say, "Um, our kids can't swim. Right? Bad idea. Right? Oh, Jesus! Oh, I didn't. They're allergic okay. to water. Exactly. Right. But good. You know, they're H2O intolerant. Right. Um. Bad idea. Exactly. Or you know, again, to, to if you're gonna take someone else's child to entertain them in any way, going to a movie, gonna to go to the store, gonna to go to a laser tag place. If your parent, if that child's parents hate guns laser tag bad call if they don't like going to movies without mom and dad sitting right next to them bad call to do that and you should find out just ask right
0: um now what would be a good intro game to get people into and and this could be even now i think with i think it's pretty safe if somebody's played rpgs in the past that you you know getting them back into it could be any game really but, yeah, I agree. But if it's somebody new, completely new, no matter what their age is, is there a better game, in your opinion, that would be best to start them off on uh, or get them used to the rules or what it actually is?
1: For me, one of the things that I find is I want to try to play the game that has the most recognition. That's a, It's kind of odd, right? If I have a choice between GURPS and D&D is the first game – Quite often, I'll lead with D and D simply because when they start playing, this new player can say, "Oh yeah, I've played Dungeons and Dragons before. I kind of liked it. I kind of didn't." Oh, and in the process, Brett told me there's other games. He showed me other stuff, and that may or may not be more interesting to me. But that's the one I started with. Now, if it's a game where they want to play, you know, I really like that. I like the American Horror Story stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, this is you know adults or even uh, teens talking. I liked American Horror Story. I kind of like some of those investigative movies. I really liked watching uh, True Detective. Hey, I've got a game. I <laughs> call Call of Cthulhu. Um, or I could run a horror version of GURPS or a horror version of Savage Worlds or a horror version of Fate or a horror version of X, Y, and Z. You know what? Call of Cthulhu is probably a good starting point. The rules aren't that hard. It's a name that has brand recognition within the hobby. And it's something when they go and they like it and they have a good time. They say, yeah, I played this thing with Brett, you know, a couple of years back. I hear you, Sean, are doing something. Is it like Call of Cthulhu? Because I've played Call of Cthulhu. Click in your head. You go, oh, I know what that's about. You know, and, and it's not what I want to say. It's not um a, a twist on something. It's not that Savage Worlds isn't popular. It's incredibly popular. But from... Just so that person to help build their cred and help to have them understand this is a core this is a core system or core world within the RPG uh environment, it's it's a good way to go. Now, granted, if you don't know Call of Cthulhu from anything else, if you if you suck at that and you're a really good Savage Worlds guy, run the Savage Worlds horror game. That's fine too. But <laughs> don't be afraid in that process to When we're talking to adults and teens to say, hey, this is similar to, there's a lot of other games like this, this is like that, I just happen to like this rule set. Explain kind of why, what you like, or whatever it is, and then off you go. I'm not usually too worried from a mechanics perspective, because for the first time player, I do a lot of mechanics work for them, and I just hack stuff out constantly. I don't make them check for everything, I let them be more descriptive, I want to try to climb this wall, okay. Roll a percentile. Tell me if you get a 40 or less. Oh, I got a 39. Awesome. You climb the wall, a little difficulty. Even if there's no rule for it, you just give them that chance. So I kind of take the mechanics and crush them down a little bit to just simplify it and make it go faster. So I don't worry about what the game system will be because I simplify the mechanics regardless of what I use.
0: So I would, I would probably... If I were to put a title out there for me and somebody, I ran into that situation and tried to get them into the game. One obviously it goes to the genre that they're interested in. So if I can convince them that fantasy sword and sorcery is the way, if if that's a interest that, you know, that they're grok onto, then I would probably go with dungeon world. And this is not an endorsement for dungeon world, but it is, I think it's a. it goes back to what you're saying. So, yeah, I could run a crunchier game and then take out all the dice type of crunchiness and tactics out of it, but Dungeon World 2, D6, roll. You know, on these results between this range, this happens, and results on this range, this happens, and results on this range, this happens, and it's the same thing for, like, everything they do. And it's very abstract, so it's not tactical. So it's not, like... You would have to explain to the person, "Hey, you are you're here on this grid, and oh, by the way, you have thirty feet of movement, and you can only move through here. But this is um, this is difficult terrain, so that's doubled the amount of cost to see, move through. See, that. that's
1: where I that's where I I don't know Dungeon World as well as you do. Oh, so, it's so easy,
0: man! You don't even have to know it, Brett.
1: I'm just saying I haven't I yeah. haven't run a game with it, and that's one of those things I don't want to run. I've heard Dungeon World should be really good and easy, so I'm going to start it the first time with this group of people who've never done it before, because I'm going to feel like a moron. I want something I'm very confident with. Oh, sure. I am confident with Call of Cthulhu. I'm very confident with D&D, Pathfinder, GURPS, a number of other ones um, where I could throw it out there, and then I would know to say, screw the movement rules today. Where do you want to go, from point A to point B? Yeah, just count out 20 squares. Great, I can move 20 squares? Yes, you can always move 20 squares. Done. They don't have to... If they say, I really want to run faster than 20 squares. Great. Move 40. You just, you're making it up if you will. But I know that system well enough that I can get rid of the crap, you know, that is too complicated for them or too much or too heavy for them. And I don't, if I had the comfort with dungeon world, I would probably agree with you there because if it is simpler and it would be faster, it might be a hell of a great game to start somebody out with as opposed to a D and D, right? you know, but I don't I don't know that rule system. So I guess to uh, tag on to my, you know, building their cred and giving them a game system that's well known it also has to be one that I know really, really well.
0: OK, so, so I'm going to be devil's advocate. Why do you have to know it very well? Because I'm running it. But they're they're not going to know whether you screw up or not. True, you could but, tell them like, dude, a monkey a monkey hangs from, you know, it flies <laughs> through the air. I mean, they would know absolutely, they'd have no clue whether or not you know what the hell you're talking about because they don't know anything about it.
1: The reason it does is it's uh, it's comfort for me. And that when, when they ask a question, they say, God, these rules seem really thick or don't worry about that. We could always do that later. Yeah, I could do this other thing, but don't worry about that for now. When I have that command of the system, then I feel more confident and comfortable And I can make an ad hoc rules decision on the fly for them without worrying about weird inconsistencies or something along those lines. I don't know. It just, it helps. It helps me. It's a personal thing. If I know the system really well, I'm going to be more comfortable and confident running it. And they're going to have more fun because I'm going to get it and I'm going to know what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I know that there'll be people like, yes, that's the way it's got to be because it would, it doesn't make sense to run a game. You're not totally confident in, in running. Um, but to your point, though, I mean, if you do screw up, you oh. could go, oh, my God, I
1: totally made a mistake and just let it roll. Because <laughs> you got three new people at the table who don't know anything. <clears throat> That's fine. How, however, yeah, I also should say this, is that when I have run for the kids, excuse me, at the high school club and when I run with just my kids, I also, when I'm running for just my kids, I have a little, I've got a thief, I play with them. And whenever they have a question... They look to me as my thief character and say, Dad, what would you do in this? What should your thief do to help us here? Then I come in. Or when I played with the other kids, I usually have a seasoned adult or another player who's done it a lot before, who I know is going to be helpful and friendly and not judgmental to be able to sit there with them. And when they have a question or they want to do something that's kind of silly or potentially stupid or dangerous, the other person goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember what? Brett said about dragons, oh yeah, that's right. Let's not do that today. Let's back down and try this other thing. Trust me, I've done this before. So to have that other, have a ringer, if you will, in the group is helpful if you can. And the other thing is if you are introducing a new player like this to your standard group or whatever it is, your standard group needs to be forgiving of that person because they're going to ask stupid questions, right? Or questions that your normal seasoned gamer, he or she's played for 15 years, won't ask. You know, how do I attack again? It's the D twenty for Christ's sake. You can't have that answer. No, it's your it's your twenty side. here it is. What do I do again? It's always this target number. Remember, it's just the two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a ton of information that this new player has to soak in, and it's incumbent on you and any other standard people and you know standard gamers, um, <laughs> the guys you usually play with, those men and women, to help where they can. So it's if you have a group that doesn't like to help new players. I mean, and they exist. I've I've played with those groups. They're not key uh, or keen, excuse me, on working with brand new players and coaching them through it. Then don't introduce the new player to that group because it's just a bad idea. They're going to have a horrible time, and people are going to treat them like crap. And you don't want that to be the first experience.
0: Does the time and length matter?
1: Hmm. Time and length. Usually, I plan a game to run for two hours yeah. for somebody brand new. If I'm having a good time and they're just totally loving it and don't want to stop, I've got more. Yeah. It's not hard. I think you Just keep rolling I with it. I think
0: two hours is a good sweet spot. I think if you go to, like, hey, we usually run four to eight. I think a new person, if they're not getting into it, is going to be like, oh, dude, this is way too long. Well, it's a huge, it's a huge time sink for something you don't know you're going to enjoy. Right.
1: I want to, I really want to try this rugby thing. Well, a game usually takes X number of hours and it's really physical. <laughs> okay, I guess I don't want to try that. As opposed to showing up and just screwing around in the backyard and trying to figure out if you're having fun, keep going. Um, so i I plan the adventures to pretty much tie up within two hours, and then I have add-ons that I can plug in. If they really had a lot of fun killing orcs and they really want to keep going, guess what? There's ogres. Oh my god, ogres! That sounds like a good challenge. Okay, let's level up real quick. Oh, level up? How's that work? If they're really interested, keep rolling, and I can push it for you know four six hours. Not a problem. You know, that way, if they really like doing this, they say, boy, that was fun, but I wish I could have been the captain of the Starship Enterprise last this time. Okay, um, you want to play again? We can set up a different time, and we can make different characters. Well, I'd like to make my own character. Great. We'll set up some time, and we can do that together. You know, it's if you had a good time, you can keep it going, or use it as the impetus to start another one at a different time. And also, if they go, yeah, that was okay, but hey, I'm glad I tried it, but I just, eh, not my thing. You can sense it, even if they don't say those words. And then you just wrap it up. And it's only two hours gone. you got plenty of snacks and chips and other cool things to eat, drink, and talk about. Uh, And even if the person didn't really love it and have a really good time with it, you can still talk about the things you've done and other games that were fun. And, and, you know, they may say, yeah, I just didn't like that. Well, you know what? This game is kind of crunchy. It was Pathfinder. You know what? We have this game called Savage Worlds, and the way that one works is like this with these bennies and stuff. And they may go, wow, that sounds really cool. I think I might like that better than what we just played. Aha! I'll try that next time. Want to come over? I'll, I'll make up some of those characters for you. So, first one, you know, the first one's free, right? That's your gateway drug. And then once they're in, then you can say, look, if you had didn't like that and you like GURPS better,
0: well, I've got GURPS. I can play that for you, whatever the case is. Yeah. So what do you do? So things not to do when inviting somebody to the table is don't be a freaking dick. Exactly. Let's start out out right there. Don't be a dick. Because there's (laughs) horror stories out there that people say, oh, I, I wanted to play and I was invited to play. And it sounded really cool. And the DM killed my person. Or I think I read a female's post about how um you know I'm surprised she's even still playing, but her like experiences growing up and getting into the RPG hobby, you know, oh you can't play a a male character because you're a female player and then you can't do this because you're you know or you're playing a female and because you're a female you're limited to this x y and z and of course that went over like not very well at all and i'm surprised she's still playing but don't don't be a dick let the players kind of play their character embrace what they're doing um rule with a I don't know, a soft touch, I think, rather than an iron fist. Um, so getting them familiar with the rules without being so heavy-handed. Um, killing characters, probably I would stray away from right away. If you do do it,
1: there's that opportunity. If you're running like a and d game, where it is, they get that free resurrection, right? You know what? We could go back to the church. We owe them a favor, but they really liked... You know, so and so, because they were a cleric or whatever, and they're going to resurrect you. We only get one of these. Oh, thank God we, we're going to waste it, you know, or use it. Excuse me, not waste it, but we'll use it for you. That makes sense. Um, but usually it's that concept of, as John Wick once said, everybody wants to be John McClane, right? From the uh, Die Hard movies. Heck you your, yeah. You, you want to get your ass beat, but you want to come out on top, you PKA motherfucker. You know, you want to be able to have that moment, and you can't have that moment. If every time you turn around, oh, sorry, you missed a trap and you die, poison. Ha, ha, ha. So if it's a save or die, it's save. Oh, my God, you were really close to death. Or we got to get you to town really quick. Can I get to town fast? Yes, you guys get to town. You take do the hand waving where necessary. Have it tough and tight and so on. Maybe the person won't care if they die, you know, because they're an old school gamer. They have played ages back and this is just a refresh. That's fine. But generally speaking, if it's the new player, I don't kill your character. It's, it's why. What's the point? Kills? Honestly, I kill the old guy who's been at my table. I'll kill Dave's character or Chris's character or somebody else's character who has played many times. And I'm like, yep, that's fine. I'm dead. Well, and they probably, Oh, my God, aren't
0: you mad? Their well, guys, no, it happens. Yeah, their you know? guy probably deserves it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, if, if you and I are playing and we had three new people at the table, Sean, I would expect you as a DM – if my character were to do something stupid and die, that's fine. The dice fall where they may. I take it with grace. Everybody else goes, oh. that Again, example to the other group, to the new players, think, oh, well, I guess this happens sometimes. It kind of sucks. But hey, guess what? Brett just rolled up a new character while we continued the adventure and Sean fed him in two dungeon levels down. Oh, that's fine. That was cool. You can do that. Oh, that's fun. It doesn't have to stop just because of this one thing. And then, again, don't treat people... In the don't be a dick category, right? Don't treat any new player like they're being a bother when they ask you the same rule question over and over. Yeah. There's a ton of data flooding them. You know, I have this Benny. How can I use this? No, you can't use that right now in this type of situation. Oh, crap. I thought I could. Can I use this Benny now? Remember, this is the same situation you had the last 15 freaking times. That language has to stop. You have to say, nope. Remember, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Stupid question. Don't worry, dude. A lot of stuff. Keep moving. Let's just go.
0: Yeah, simple choking may help reinforce those situations too. Yeah, exactly. Like on the third time, just reach over, grab their neck and go, next time you bring it up in this situation, I just squeeze harder. (laughs) I find stabbing them in the leg also helps. Oh, that'd be an (laughs) excellent method. It it does. (laughs) Now, also with the, um, you know, spread the wealth, right? You know, the Mm -hmm. the major or the – more experienced players probably know what to do when to do it how to do it and when let's face it if you're new and you're playing a role-playing game you have no idea what you're supposed to do or not do you don't know the rules you don't know the world you don't know your character you don't know even how to play an rpg game at a table that's not in a computer world or something like that so when you get these people that sit down and you look at them as a gm and say okay what do you do and they're but they're like, I don't know. What do I, what can I do? You know, so you give them some guidance and give them some spotlight and spread it out. Don't alienate them for Pete's sakes. Um, that's, they're never going to like the game if they didn't get to do anything or you didn't guide them or, you know, you don't have to railroad them and say, oh, your character would never do that.
1: Well, if the guy really wants to play the thief, if he wants to play the magic user. If you have no locks for the thief to pick, you have no traps right. for the thief to find and disarm. Or you make them also goddamn hard. He or she can't possibly pick or disarm them, and the mage never gets to use his uh, read magic stuff because there's never any scrolls. He never gets to cast a spell. The cleric has no chance to do blah blah blah. The starship captain can't beam anybody down the damn planet because the beamer's broken. It, it, it just it has to be spotlight times so they can use the different things that the character is known for. I've got a I've got a person who is like combat monster lightsaber guy. And when you run that Star Wars adventure, if he never gets to pull out his lightsaber, he doesn't get to force choke anybody. ah, I really like that part of Star Wars. Yeah, you should've let him do that. Let him have that spotlight time. Let him do that key thing that he or she thinks is really cool. You know? Otherwise it's just it's just not fun. That sucks them in.
0: And when you when you run a game, there's probably games that you've run that have been campaign, maybe it spans a length of time and you've played with the same players for quite a while and you have different episodes that entail action or dialogue or drama or what have you. In when you're getting new folks into the hobby, when you suck them in, make sure you make it cool right so if, if it just happens to be the episode where you're meeting the king and it's kind of going to be a boring dialogue all role play for the first session uh, for two hours because it just happens to kind of go that way maybe set that aside for something else maybe incorporate it make it 10 minutes but get them into the action or what's going to excite them and that's going to be based on that individual anyway so going back to what Brett was saying way earlier is What genre do they like? If they like, you know, Star Wars, what do they like about the Star Wars universe? Well, they like fighting around lightsabers and jumping around as Jedi, then make sure you get them into some action. Or if they're like, I love Game of Thrones because it's really awesome drama and I'm not really big into the action, then make sure you incorporate that. That's the end. I guess what I'm trying to get at is make sure you're incorporating what they're going to enjoy because... If you don't make it a good experience for them, they're not going to want to stay in the hobby. They're not going to want to pursue playing it again. They're not going to want to talk to other people about playing the same game or getting into the RPG hobby.
1: Right? Correct. I don't, I don't believe that the hobby is dying. I think it's actually doing quite well. Sure. I mean, you go to, you go to Gen Con, you got, Christ, 50,000 of your closest gamer friends show up. It's insane. However, your group of gamers and the people you have available to play with you may or may not be dying. Right, depending where you live, did you move? Are you new to this new job? You don't have the time to play with those other guys, you change schools. So, when you have this group in and you get those new people to come and play with you, it's not about, oh, I got to keep them in the hobby. This is my perspective. It's not keeping them in the hobby as far as keeping them available to play with you and continue to have fun with you. You know, you want to have a group, it's a little self serving in that way, but you want to have a group of people that are fun to play with and that enjoy doing this and enjoy playing with you. So you're going to want to make sure that you're working with them and uh, helping them to to get it right. And then the cool part is, if they have a good time with you, they're going to stay in the hobby and they're going to carry it. You know, two jobs later, they may say, "Yeah, I played with this Sean and Brett guys. You know, that was a lot of fun." God, yeah, but I I live in Illinois now. But you know what? I'm going to talk to people and see who, see who I can find. So it's I, I think it's again, don't be a dick. Help them out. Have a good time with it. And the other piece is um. When they do something really well, compliment, you know, it's that whole thing. Hey, you did a really good job. That was a tough call. I'm glad you did something, you know. And if they really like um, a certain part of the game and they really seem to gravitate towards it, feel free to modify on the fly. If all they want to do is kill goblins and be a bunch of murder hobos, go murder hobo crazy and let them murder the shit out of stuff and take everything. Go for it. There's no, you know, again, there's no gamer cops to stop you. If you're playing a Walking Dead game and what they want to focus on is just chopping up zombies and they don't want to talk about all the uh, drama that actually that, that that whole series is about. If they just want to kill zombies, let them kill zombies. Then who cares? That's that's fun for them at that moment. And having fun is what you're there for. All
0: right. So let's wrap it up. But one last thing. I'm going to put a challenge out there to the community and try to see if you can, you know, make a goal in the next year to maybe pitch it to somebody and maybe grab them and throw them into the hobby somehow or, um, yeah, I don't know. Even if it's somebody that's played years and years ago, I had set out earlier in the year to kind of do that. I aimed pretty high, I think with five people, but I did get two. Um, one that's playing in my Friday, every other Friday night game. Jim hasn't played in 20 years, second edition AD&D. He's playing in our fifth ed, um, hasn't played for years. So got him into the game. And then my buddy Steve, same thing, but he's running his own game. Um, I just talked about RPGs. Whenever we were together, and then he just decided to go and buy one, and now he's got like two new players. Um, so if you know somebody that out there that's played years ago, and you think they would be good getting back into the hobby, I mean, go for it. But anyways, exactly, yeah. No, so do
1: it. It's it's fun because if nothing else for me, um, play with somebody who's really new, um, either coming back to it or that they're brand new to it. Like playing with the kids I've been playing with. Or even some adults that have been newer to it. Uh, a buddy of mine, Seth, his wife, Tabby, when she first started to play, she played very, very little. And um, her approach is totally different than other men and women I've been with who've game forever. And the different approach is fun. It's a different thing for you to react to. It's a new face at the table. Uh, different perspectives, likes, dislikes, all that stuff. It, it helps to break up a monotony of um, what you're usually doing. Helps to change it up a little bit. And that, to me, makes it exciting as, a, as the DM.
0: All right, let's get into die roll. Die roll, where we talk anywhere between uh, two and five things that come up since our last episode. You want to start off, Brett? Since you yeah, had since you had the week off last week, I mean, I knew. So, <laughs> so my first one was uh, the
1: the wolf the wolf pack I encountered while I was hunting. That was the, just awesome. Talked about that at the beginning.
0: Wolf pack of one. The wolf pack of one. <laughs>
1: Nice, Seeing eight wolves in the wild was just awesome. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is my number two is I've got GameholeCon locked in.
0: Whoop, whoop. Um,
1: yeah, I've got this Friday off so I can uh, be there for all of the Gamehole Con goodness, and I have Saturday where my, uh, my middle daughter is having her, her birthday party this Saturday, which means my house will be filled with a bunch of teenage girls all day and night. So my wife, knowing that that isn't necessarily a fun place for me to be, is giving me money and sending me to Gameholecon.
0: Wow, go nice, awesome! So
1: that's pretty cool. And um, I mentioned this a little bit earlier that I was at the uh, DC Everest uh, Gaming Club the other weekend, and it was my buddy uh, Dave played um, as the kind of our resident master gamer adult to help keep the kids in line, and my son Connor came down and. I should say, came up with me just to play in that group. And one of the cool parts about that whole crew was all these, their kids are all high school kids, junior high kids. And they were so welcoming and friendly and just accommodating. Many of them had gamed more than Connor, obviously a lot less than Dave and I. But they were super trying trying to work together. When one of them would get a little crazy talking, the other guys, would say, "Hey, John, 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 calm down, calm down. We gotta pay attention. We gotta get this map going. How are we doing this? What are we doing here?" They were so into it; it was awesome. Um, it was just, it was a ton of fun. So that was, it was just, it was just a blast. Just getting these kids the game more and more. And then when I'm done, I'm packing up. the Little president of the gaming club who was with us, he comes up, shakes my hand. He said, "I hope you can come back because I really want to play with you again." That was awesome. So. I've got gaming groupies so I can check that off on my little on my gamer bucket list. That was kind of cute. And the last thing I have is um last night I went out with my buddy uh Mike Sigmund from Albion Swords his wife Bonnie Susan and I and a bunch of Mike and Bonnie's other friends went out for a Halloween party thing and uh, I am way too old to drink that much for that long and I am so
0: hungover.
1: I am, I am so hungover today. It sucks. I'm way too old for this shit. I can't do that anymore. I don't know when I'm going to grow up, but I need to stop doing that. So, yeah, that was dumb. Anyway, that's all I have. Sean, your turn.
0: Sweet. Um, Halloween games. I know this is going to drop after Halloween, but I know I, one thing I always did. Do you, Brett, do you run Halloween-themed games?
1: I used to back when I ran Vampire, which is kind of a, you know, every day is Halloween um, type of thing. We actually used to have a Halloween special game where we run um, full full on, basically a LARP, show up in costume type of thing. And I've also run Call of Cthulhu on Halloween a number of different times. That's always been a blast too. Yeah, So I have done horror themed games just for Halloween.
0: Yeah, so if you run Halloween games, let us know what what it is um, and what makes them special. I know I've always wanted to, I just haven't gotten around to it. A lot of people, it's just getting together what night Halloween falls on or if it's, I mean, I guess it could be the week before Halloween. It's the season, right? Um and then what game it would be to run. I have never been a big um I've never pulled off a good horror RPG. I know, I know. Well, sometimes it's tricky because some people don't buy into it. And if you don't get by and then it becomes this like Scooby Doo, you know, goofiness to it.
1: Well I think I think that that's actually a subject for another uh, for another podcast here yeah. is the the concept of the horror game: Do you scare the players? Do you scare the the PCs, the characters? You know how do how do you approach it, or or what do you do? I mean, there's a lot of different. Like you said, there's, <laughs> um, folks will take it into the hokey territory right quick if you let them, and uh, how do you help stop that? I think the something we can talk about another time. But yeah. Halloween games are fun if they're if you do them right, they're a blast.
0: Yeah. Ghostbusters actual play podcast is my second one. It's at the nerdyshow.com forward slash ghostbusters. So again, I'm running ghostbusters savage Saturday night at game hole con and I'm starting to get my things together. And I came across this, I think I just Googled it for kind of ideas and inspiration. I gotta, I, I gotta say I've mentioned a few podcasts here and some I listen to and I haven't mentioned. I'm telling you this, if I were to do an actual play, this is the way I would want to do it. Is the way these guys are doing it. I mean, they must put a butt ton of time into how they do it. So it's it's a Ghostbusters. I believe they're using West End Games version, so the original. Okay. Okay. And they, um, it's just like a bunch of guys sitting around a table playing the RPG. The thing is, is somebody somewhere in post uh, production is putting in like different sounds of sound effects. They're putting in the theme music. I mean, they really do a really awesome production. How are, they,
1: of the how, are those guys, how are those guys mic'd up? I mean, are they do you hear nothing but loud chewing and de- Dorito bag munching? Or no. Is there ac-
0: yeah, it's, it's uh, not too bad that way. So they're not like, hey, my food just arrived, and they open the butt bag of Ruffles, and it drives you crazy. <laughs> the sound of the <laughs> individuals, so it sounds to me like they may have one or two mics that are sitting on the table. So it's not like they're mic'd up you know, on the lapel. And it sounds really awesome. So it's good. I would say it's good. It's not bad. It's not poor. So their voices are good. You can hear it really well. Um, and then the post-production like music. So they must save that. And then they, you know, come to a particular point in the story and then somebody will drop the theme music and then they'll drop in a sound effect to the Proton Packs You know, okay, I turn on my proton pack and all of a sudden you hear, you know, the sound effect come on. So it's really, really well done. I got to give them a lot of credit. And I don't know if it's even, I mean, they may not even be doing it anymore. I think I'm on episode eight and they might have released it two years ago. I don't even know. Um, But if you are doing actual play and you want to take it to a whole nother level, this would be a very good example of doing it. And if you were playing fantasy, it would be no different than, okay, I'm going to check the door, okay, and then you hear somebody put in like the jiggle of a doorknob, yep. and then I open the door, and then they put in the creak of the door when you're opening it. I mean, it's really awesome that way, and I would love to do that, but I cannot imagine the amount of time it takes to do this. I think there are episodes, I want to say they're at, they they got to be at least an hour, Um and somebody would have to put it, you know, listen to the whole thing and go, oh, wait a minute, and find a sound effect, drop it in there. Yeah. You know, Jesus. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I don't – I wouldn't praise that many uh, podcasts. I mean, a lot of them are probably just like us that talk and kind of ramble on. But these guys, for actual play, they, it keeps your attention. You kind of know what's going on. Um, they do laugh on occasion because it's funny and it's lighthearted because it's Ghostbusters. But if you haven't checked it out – The link will be in the show notes. That's all I got for die roll. Cool. Like we're good. All right. So this has been another episode of gaming and BS episode eight. Drop us a line, leave us a review. Uh, We appreciate everybody's support. I'm again, one of your co-hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night.
1: Good gaming. And I'm going to go get some aspirin. Slacker. Yeah.
0: right